Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and I have built a set of mathematical models named Sideline that predict various sports outcomes. You'll hear more about the models in the course of this episode, set to cover six Major League Baseball games, scheduled to be played on Saturday, May 13th, 2023. If you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. Also, if you're interested in projections and picks for every game, sign up on Dub Club. That link is in the show description, and you'll also get the price that you're searching for in order for it to be an A-grade play, the picks that have just been killing it. Uh, I probably don't do a great job of talking about this stuff, but if you're not with us on Dub Club, you need to be. uh, The A-plays so far this season have been uh, about a, a 7% ROI. They're up 30 units. A lot of that's the A plus play of the day, but even the non plays of the day, the other A grade plays have been profitable. Um, you know, I try to give a lot of information out because I know there's a wide variety of people. Some people want to do different things. Uh, and, and over the course of summer, we'll be building up more capabilities, but it's just like a baseline. If you just like with every sport I, I tend to do, if you just take those A grade plays, you'll be profiting. Just do that. And then whatever else you want to do, do, but, but, but just start with those. It'll more than pay for the subscriptions under a dollar a day. I guarantee you'll make it back in no time. So check that out again. That link is in the show description. Remember that sports are unpredictable. So the discussion on this show projects a typical game is not try to forecast it to a T as it'd be a foolish and impossible goal. Take a long-term viewer on here. Don't get distracted when all those weird baseball things happen. It balances out in the long run, but it's hard to foresee before it happens. The idea being we take that long-term view over hundreds of games. We're going to have small stretches of games that don't go well. Uh, but when you build up the weeks, the long-term, that's where it profits. Who knows in these six games, one of them I may sound perfectly right, and one of them I may sound crazy. That's that up and down variance. Uh, I tell people sometimes you don't even have to watch the game. You know, just bet on it and then come back and see what happens, right? Because uh, you can't live and die by this because there is so much variance in baseball. We'll get some good, we'll get some bad. And so as much as I'd like to say it'll be profitable every single day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, May 13th here, this is uh, uh, formerly baby professor, now little professor's birthday. So uh, unfortunately, I won't get to see quite as many games as we'll be, be you know, uh, dealing with, with birthday festivities. But uh, our baby girl's turning three years old here on uh, Saturday. So uh, fun times around here uh, in the sides household. Uh, otherwise, though, before we get to the slate, some quick reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free. And if you turn on notifications, you don't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. A group Midland plays return four units. It is the risk plus win equals four. The risk proportionally more on favorites and dogs. And you'll see all of that on the screen, how much we're risking, how much we're winning. B grade plays will add up to three. And C grade plays, the risk and return and, and profit amount will add up to two. Totals are flat one unit bets. So the total is like 2.15 or whatever uh, on those or 2.05 or whatever, depending on the odds. Uh, but let's get to it. And as always, see what you like and leave the rest. Great slate of games here on Saturday, starting off 105 PM Eastern Rays at the Yankees. You take the Yankees here at plus 114. We're in an interesting spot here. The Yankees just got embarrassed on Thursday night and we took them on said that the plus 110 
uh, that we were getting the Yankees was a good price. And, you know, if you believe in the closing line value theory, and, and I don't think it's necessarily wrong. I think it's overhyped. I think there's a little bit of confusing correlation with causation. It's not like the, the end all end all be all that some people make it out to be, but I do think it is important to look at uh, as long as it's kept in perspective. And uh, you know, we got good closing line value on that as the Yankees closed as favorites. Um, they got embarrassed when, when I talk about variance, right? That's the sort of thing like, you know, the, the White Sox have won a few games as bad as they've been this year. Right. And, and, and the, the A's have won some games as bad as they are. Right. It's like weird things are going to happen. Um, a team's never as bad as they look on their worst and they're never as good as look at their best. The Yankees look pretty terrible on Thursday. So, you know, we backed the Yankees there just saying it was good value. It was a coin toss type game. And of course the Rays won. Thankfully we've got the over uh, with some late runs uh, there. So cousin Jay and I were able to cash that, that over. We're in the rolling spot. Friday team hasn't been played yet. And so who knows how, how the teams look there. If the Yankees get routed again, you know, it's a little bit different of a story versus the Yankees win. So right now, all we're dealing with is the perception of how bad the Rays won that first game. I think that's partly why we're getting a little bit of value here with the Yankees um, here on Saturday, because everyone's just seeing what happened on Thursday. Now, again, Friday's game may play into that a little bit too. But when you look at these two teams, the Yankees have the far superior bullpen. And offensively, while the Rays are better, the fact that they're facing a lefty makes the Yankees offense a little more potent as they're so right-handed heavy. So that should help them out a little bit. Again, nothing seemed to help them. Uh, on Thursday, but that's just one game and you never know how the next game is going to look. Uh, the Yankees are still a solid team. Nestor Cortez, an above average pitcher. He hasn't looked great this year, but the other reason I think we're getting some value is, well, he has struggled this year. Shane McClanahan, well, he's been phenomenal to the tune of a 176 ERA. The underlying metrics say that that's a little bit of an aberration and he's more of a low three ERA pitcher. And that's where I project him. I project him at one of the better starting pitchers in baseball. It's just, he's very, very good. He's a great pitcher, but he's not 176 ERA great. That's not going to hold. And that's not really what he's done. Uh, it's not the performance that he's had that's indicative of the performance going forward. You know, again, ERA tells you a great job of what did happen. He did not allow some runs, but based on how he pitched our best idea of him going forward is that he's going to allow a few more again, still a great pitcher. I'm not trying to dog him at all. It's just, I think that people might look at McClanahan and how great he's been this year and think to themselves that it's, you know, Cy Young or it's, you know, vintage 1999 Pedro Martinez or whatever. And he's great, but he's still not as good in my opinion as a Garrett Cole as Spencer Strider, obviously nowhere near Jacob DeGrom, that sort of thing. And so very good pitcher, of course, for the Rays. But I think we're getting a little bit of value here because of Thursday's game and because of the fact that I think people are thinking the gap between these two pitchers is a little bit larger than it is. It exists absolutely, and it's over a full standard deviation. But I think people think it's probably more like two standard deviations, and really it's more barely over one. So I think there's some value here at plus 114. Thought there was value with the Yankees at plus 110, and other people thought the same thing and bet it that way. Now, does that mean that that... Uh, is how it played out and worked out. No, it, it didn't for that one. But um, that's the other reason why I provide the exact projection and people can see that every day in the uh, dub club updates that, that, that they get sent right to their email and right to the app uh, that the model here says it should be raised minus 106. So if this number does the same thing in shifts and all of a sudden you get raised minus 105, you flip and you play that. Uh, and that would have been a great play on Thursday. Unfortunately for right now, the best price on the raise is minus 130. Uh, so minus oh, one oh one oh six for what it should be. Uh, again, plus one fourteen for the Yankees. Pretty good value. B grade, B plus grade. Model says that plus one seventeen would be an A grade. So if it goes up even a little under a nickel, uh, it would be to that A grade category. Again, 
pretty close to a coin toss game here. Rays win this 51, 52% of the time, so plus 114, a solid option. And I love the over in this one. I bet over eight. It's right now you get that even money for over eight. It's going to be a warm day in New York, low 80s. The wind will be blowing out at 5 to 10 miles an hour for the totality of this game. And I know these are two good pitchers, but the Shiggy's offense is not as bad as it looked. The Rays, kind of as Cousin Jared mentioned, can score nine by themselves or eight by themselves or whatever it is that they did on Thursday. Either one of these teams can put up a ton of runs on the day that the ball is going to be flying. The pitchers are going to have to try to keep the ball on the ground, but it's a lot easier said than none. Sometimes you can do it, sometimes you can't. That's why there's no locks in gambling. Uh, and it's just a one-unit play for me here, but I think the over eight is a pretty smart investment here, because I think people are looking at these pitchers and not realizing that the weather is going to make it hard for this to be anything other than a five to four, five to three type game. Having that push protection, I think, might be pretty valuable. So, I like the over here, I like the Yankees. Not in love with either play. Both plays are pretty solid. 2.10 p.m. Eastern, a play I am in love with here. Twins minus 155. <clears throat> barely gets into an A grade. Model says minus 156 is the requirement for an A grade, so barely sneaks in at this price. The sideline says it should be Twins minus 173 that they win this 63% of the time. And you got a guy in Joe Ryan who've been talking about for a lot of the last couple of seasons. I think he's really undervalued and a really good pitcher. 245 ERA and the advanced metrics say it should only be a tiny bit higher than that. So you have a great pitcher in the Twins and a really – questionable one with Wesneski for the Cubs. He does have a 393 ERA, but the underlying metrics suggest it should be a full run higher than that. So a guy I'm not really convinced can handle it below average pitcher here. Twins offense is better than the Cubs offense. Their bullpen's better. They're at home. I'm all over the twins here. Uh, again, a grade play at minus 155. Really nothing more to say than that other than the gap between the two starting pitchers is well over a standard deviation. The gap between the relievers is well over a standard deviation, and the gap for the offenses, while not quite that big, still favors the Twins. So there's really just kind of short and sweet. It's just a cheap price, and minus 155 gets great value. Even at minus 160, I'm playing it pretty strong. If it gets in, into the minus 160s, I'm still playing it. But backing off a tiny bit as it gets into the 170s, and if it gets up to like minus 180, I never know where the number's going to go. Once it gets up to about minus 180, now it's priced pretty well, and that's where I would not be touching it. But for now, great value on the Twins. Total-wise, I'm staying away. Model says 7.4. Actual total is 7.5. Mid-60s, wind blowing in at 10 to 15 miles an hour. So, uh, you know, the fact that the the wind's blowing in like that so hard makes an over a tough play. But with Wesneski involved, a below-average Cubs bullpen involved, uh, the model can't get behind and over either. So I think 7.5 is pretty well-priced for this total. 6.10 p.m. Angels at the Guardians. Expect the Guardians at minus 105 B-grade play. Look, the short and simple version of this is the fact that the, the Guardians in Cal Quantrill starts have won like 380 of his last 381 or something like that. It's not quite that, that big, but it's some incredible number like that. They just always win when this guy's on the mound. He's just an average pitcher, 389 ERA, and the advanced metrics hit should be a little higher than that. So it's not that I think he's fantastic. I just think he's pretty respectable average, you know, getting the ball every five days or every six days or whatever. And he can do a decent job. Reed Detmers is not really drastically different. The model thinks Detmers is a little bit better, but I'm not hundred percent sure of that his ERA is a lot higher this year, but the advanced metrics are a little more favorable to him. Uh, it's pretty much a wash, I think, with starting pitchers. And, of course, the Angels' bullpen is a lot worse, but their offense is a lot better. Here's the thing, though. This Angels' offense now pretty right-handed heavy, so the Angels kind of like a, a Blue Jays' west uh, with regards to the fact that, uh, you know, if the Angels uh, are facing a lefty, uh, look out. Uh, lines up perfect for him, but facing a righty, uh, good 
uh, very good, not not necessarily quite as scary as when they're facing a lefty. So, uh, you know, I just think the Guardians are mispriced here at home. They win 53% of the time, according to the model, which is it should be Guardians minus 112. At minus 102, it's an A grade. So basically looking for even money in the Guardians if it gets there. You on occasion see a lot of money coming in throughout the day on the Angels. So if that happens uh, and you can get even money in the, on the Guardians, that would be A grade material. The uh, total on this one is 8.5. Model says 8.1. It'll be upper 60s, wind blowing in. Uh, again, another pretty roll price total, not one that I'm messing with here. But I, I think to me, the bottom line is the starting pitches are a wash. Angels offense is better. Relievers are worse. I don't really expect either starter to go insanely deep. And so all that kind of comes up to a wash. And I say, I think this is a coin toss game on a neutral site, given that it's in Cleveland, they should win about 53% of the time. That's what the model says. So minus one five is a bit of a value play here for us backing the guardians. 7.15 p.m. Eastern. Padres the Dodgers. Again, another series here that everyone's watching uh, anytime these two teams get together. Joe Musgrove and Julio Urias. Uh, a pair of really good pitchers. Musgrove's ERA, not very pretty, partially because of that Mexico City game. Uh, otherwise, though, I think these are both good pitchers. I don't really have much to say about them other than I think they're both good. Neither one of them are you know, what I would consider Cy Young caliber, but they're both well above average. Uh, so I think that's kind of a wash. With regards to the pitchers, I think the offense is a wash. I just think the main difference in this is the bullpens. The Dodgers' bullpen is pretty decent. The Padres' bullpen continues to struggle. I, I do feel bad that that you know the Padres' day game here, when Cousin Jerry and I were on, we kind of talked about it, but I didn't say the words. So I, I feel bad for not saying it, because actually the play I was playing it was Padres' first drive. Uh, and that's kind of the way I think you almost have to play the Padres these days. you got to look at the odds, of course, and don't play crazy prices. But that bullpen is just so terrible. And sure enough, the bullpen uh, let them down. Of course, it wasn't just the bullpen. There was a, a defensive miscue there as well that hurt. But uh, the, the the late innings, just not kind of the Padres. And that's where I think if you're playing it full game, I think the Dodgers are the way to take it. Kind of as I mentioned in the previous you know wrap-up there with the Guardians, you know, home team wins about 53% of the time if the two teams are the same. So you start there and you bump up a little bit more for the fact that the Dodgers have uh, the better relievers, potentially slightly favorable more on the bats because the Padres Padres, uh, a little bit left-handed heavy, and so uh, not quite as much as they were when Tatis was out, but get a little bit of a ding facing Urias there. Uh, so maybe a slight edge to the Dodgers offensively, just based off the lefty-righty stuff. Uh, and then the, the model thinks Urias is a tiny bit, so you give a tiny bit of a bump for Urias, a tiny bit of a bump uh, to the Dodgers, or maybe a, a, a ding to the Padres offense facing a lefty, and a big ding on the bullpens game in LA. Again, Dodgers win this about 57% of the time, so minus 134. A decent play here on them at a B grade. If it gets into minus 121, it's an A. I don't see that happening, but you never know. Uh, this is a game where if you looked at the super, super early line, you would have been uh, invested in the Padres because they were like plus 170 or something crazy. And it wouldn't have been not plus, plus 140, plus 145, uh, I think is what they were. And so at plus 145, you know, the, the Padres might've been a better look. And so money's been coming on them at that. I just think it's overreacted. And now I think the Dodgers are the better play. And this sort of thing tends to happen, whether it's super early lines or closer to the game, you have a lot of times where money go back and forth and there's value on different sides, depending on when you play it. Because again, we're looking at a long-term uh, situation here and the probability these teams win. We know that one team will win, but that doesn't mean that just because one team will win, that you should play either team at minus a thousand. Right. And, and, 
the the idea being uh, we're taking good prices and in the long run, those margins are going to add up and that's how we build up our bankroll and just keeping it growing, which we're looking for. So minus 134, decent play on the Dodgers here. Again, it would have been a decent play super, super early on the Padres. If you were getting the plus 145s, um, you would have had a chance to hedge, you know, and, and we're still over 24 hours from when this happened. So the line might move more and you might even have more chances. Who, who really knows uh, with the way that line movements go? Model would take an over on this one. It's not one that I'm playing personally. I, the offenses are really good and it's a slightly warmer day in LA. So we're going to start off in the low 70s, but it's not warm enough. Wind will be blowing out, uh, but it's just not quite a warm enough day. And a lot of times in, in Los Angeles, a lot of the West Coast ones, you're looking at more daytime games or where you get uh, a little on average, a little bit higher scoring run. So I'm not playing the over, but the model would like the over projects 9.5. And that's kind of crazy to me, given how good these starting pitchers are. It's just the offenses are so strong. Uh, so the model would indicate going over eight and a half or nine, not what I'm doing, but that's the way I would look if I were to play it, or I would go a team total over if you didn't want to take the full over. Just think, who, who do you think is going to win and take their team total over? Might be another way to look at it. 8.10 p.m. Eastern, Giants at the Diamondbacks, projecting the roof to be closed in this one. And my favorite play on this one is the under. I love under 8 or under 8.5. Model projects 7.5. Di Sclafani has been a pretty solid pitcher this year, 280 ERA. The advanced metrics say it should be only a tiny bit higher. I think he's above average, and this Diamondbacks offense is a lot better than last year, but it's still slightly below average. So Di Sclafani will have the edge there. This Giants bullpen isn't bad. And, of course, Zach Gallon. I mean, I don't know what else you can say about him 236 era the underlying metrics say it should actually be about a half run better that's just how insanely good he is he's rising to the top of the ratings another couple of really good outings and he'll find himself as the second best pitcher i think right now he's the fourth best pitcher in my pitcher database he's been outstanding last year was outstanding uh and this giants offense is is okay but again it, it, i'm not sure any offense can handle what zach allen's doing right now other than on a random one-off when when he doesn't have it but for the most part he's had it just about every single game love the under here uh i I don't even think that seven and a half makes sense. This is one where I look at these two pitchers, these relievers and the whole setup and just say, this feels like a game that should be totaled at seven. Uh, in, in, I don't, I don't understand why, especially with the way that Zach Allen's looks. So uh, I'm going under love that the other way you can play this is the Giants team total under and just to say that the better bullpen of the two is the Diamondbacks. So even once Gallon's done, assuming he doesn't go nine, which he can, uh, you know, then you're looking at a pretty good, uh, you know, likelihood the Giants struggle to score, but I think this is a really low scoring game. Love this under. With regards to the side, I'm taking the Diamondbacks at minus 160. The model says so it should be minus 157, so it's a C grade. If it's a nickel better, if you can shop around or if it gets a one nickel better than this at minus 155, that becomes a B grade pick where there's a little bit more value. Mainly at this point, I don't think I could fade Zach Gallon with how good he's looked. Uh, and otherwise, these two teams are mostly a wash, so Games in Arizona give me the better starting pitcher. And I like these Clefani. I think he's a pretty good pitcher. Uh, it's just he's nowhere near the caliber of Zach Gallon. So I'm playing the Diamondbacks at minus 160, looking for minus 155 to get it to a B grade. If it drops to minus 140 to be an A grade, I cannot see why in the world that would happen. But here it is, and there's the information just in case weird things happen. <laughs> And they're wrapping us up 8, 10 p.m. Eastern Phillies at the Rockies. And look, I know I said yesterday I don't play a lot of totals at Coors. Uh, this is what I'm playing, though. And I mentioned yesterday, I said, 
it's got to be a really strong edge. It's got to be the right situation. This is the right situation for me here. Friday night's game hasn't happened yet, so I don't know how many runs. It just wasn't quite good enough for me. I was a little bit concerned about a couple of things. Uh, not good hitting weather for Friday. We'll see how, exactly how that plays out shortly. Uh, but Saturday's even worse, and I think these two pitchers are decent enough to keep this at a reasonable score. We're going to be around 50 degrees for this game, and the wind will be blowing in. Ball's just not going to fly like normal cores. It's going to fly like most ballparks, but the colder temperatures and the wind blowing in will make the altitude of cores make the ball fly kind of like a normal ballpark. That's going to make it have a lot of runs still because cores is a very large park and there's a lot of places for that ball to fall, creating a lot of singles, doubles, and triples. It's one of the highest likelihood of, of, of any of those three things in baseball because of its dimension. So it's going to still be a big park and a lot of places the ball to fall, but course is so dangerous because you can get a lot of doubles and a lot of triples and a lot of home runs because of the thin air. But when you take away the advantage of that thin air, this really sets up to be an under situation. The model projects 10.3 runs based off the large park, but we're getting under 11 and a half. So I'm going under on this one. One of the few times that I'm playing a total at course field, partially also because I kind of think Ryan Feltner might be a little bit undervalued. I can't believe I'm saying that because he's not good. 508 ERA, but the underlying metric suggests it should be in the low fours. And I think he's at least capable at home, knowing that environment of pitching a decent game. Ranger Suarez, this will be his first start of the season, but a guy who's been pretty decent for the last couple of years as a starter, kind of in and out of bullpen and starting, but done a pretty good job though. Um, I just think that the that these pitchers both can do a competent enough job. The relievers are get, where it gets a little bit scary. So if you like it, maybe you take a first five under rather than, than dealing with these bullpens. Philly's bullpen going the wrong direction at this point. Rocky's bullpen, I never have a lot of faith in them. Uh, but I, I just don't think we're going to get up to a crazy high scoring game. I think these pitchers can keep it respectable, and it's just not just a not good weather spot for a ton of runs. It's May already, but it's going to play like an early April game based off of a 50-degree weather. Uh, with regards to the side, I'm going to take the Rockies again. Uh, as an underdog here, plus 140 B grade. This kind of feels, it's tough it's a three-game series because you can't split. It kind of feels more like if they were to play four games here, I just take the Rockies at like plus 130, plus 140 in all of them and just kind of say they'll probably win two of them and and will profit. The, of course, concerning part is on Sunday, they're facing either Nola or Wheeler. I can't remember which one. That'll be a whole different story, right? But in these, these the Friday-Saturday game, you know, taking taking the Rockies to both of them, they probably split and probably profit. I don't know which one they win, but I think they got a shot to pull the upset in either one of these. They're not terrible at home. And the Phillies kind of been up and down. And like I said, the relievers really hurting them. When the Phillies better starters are going, they're pretty dangerous. But when they're not, and Suarez, I would say, might be one of their better starters. It's just he's not in midseason form yet, clearly being his first start. I think we're getting a little bit of value here at Rockies plus 140. Model says it should be 137. If it gets up to plus 160, that'd be an A grade. Don't see that happening. Plus 140 is a decent investment here on the Rockies. Again, along with the fact that I am playing the under in Coors. Wish me luck and Godspeed because uh, it's never fun playing an under in that park. Otherwise, that's all I've got for you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Pitch the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content provided on this channel is dropped right into your feed. Be back again with more sports betting content for Monday's action. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.